Hey folks, welcome back. It's the 10th episode of the MBK Beat, where we talk all things life insurance, executive benefits, and what you can be doing to get more out of your money. Uh, this is going to be sort of the the finale to the first in- introductory series, but um, I wanted to let Mark tell you a little bit about what we're going to be doing, not too much different, but what we're going to be doing in the next series. Thanks, uh, thanks, Jeremy. I, I thought it would be, we thought it would be a good idea as we move forward to post uh, some podcasts that go through some examples of some of the planning strategies we've already talked about conceptually. And uh, I'm kind of excited about doing that. For example, with these bank plans we're going to talk about today, uh, we'll put up some examples and walk people through the numbers so you can actually see how they work. And I'm kind of looking forward to that as we move forward. Yeah, yeah. So go back, make sure to check out a few of the episodes so you can get an idea of what some of these plans are because we're going to be breaking them down with a little bit more detail, talking some numbers. Um, Really excited about that. But today, what's our topic for today? Because Uh, this is the finale. Yeah, our topic for today are Supplemental Executive Retirement Plans, or SERPs, for C-level executives at community close, closely held community banks. And specifically banks. Uh, I know that we've talked previously to um, some of these plans with credit unions, but it's very different. So that's today's reasoning. Right. Um, very different world. Uh, yeah. Uh, very different world in the credit union world. Uh, regulations are different, uh, and we have to use a different strategy for banks but uh, it, it, we can end up at the same place with all the all the goodies that we 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 get for credit unions as well. And one thing of note, we've talked a lot about split dollar, and as we want to try and break down these things for the for the viewer that may not know some of these differences, did did you want to just define the difference between this sort of split dollar and some of the other split dollar stuff we've talked about in the past? Well, split dollar plans are are cash value life insurance contracts that corporations use to fund, in addition to death benefits, uh, living benefits, retirement benefits, cash benefits uh, for either and or the executive and the corporation. And there are basically two versions. One is something called collateral assignment split dollar that is owned by the executive. That's not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about executive endorsement split dollar which is owned and purchased by the bank, the corporation, which over time the executive acquires vesting and rights and values in. And we'll talk about that as we move along. And and I know, but for the viewers out there, what what's the problem, or why what what's the problem you see, or why does this work for uh, high level executives in banks um, specifically? Why does this work for them? Today. Well, in, in, in the commercial banking world, you've obviously got the large and regional banks, and then you've got community banks, uh, and they fall into two groups. You have community banks that are publicly traded, and then you have community banks that are privately owned. And in the, in the privately, tra- or rather, in the, communi- in the community banks that are publicly traded, uh, banks will incentivize and recruit to C-level executives with stock options as, as a significant benefit. Uh, you, if you're privately owned, obviously you don't have that option of offering up stock options for the for those executives. So what do you do to recruit and retain and reward 
executives, C-level executives, in a privately held community bank. Well, uh, an executive endorsement split dollar is a strategy that works, that solves that, answers that question and solves that problem. Yeah, so why don't you walk us through it? Because it all sounds great, but how does it all break down? Because we'll talk a little bit about the results for the executive specifically and then the results for the bank, but why don't you walk the viewer through just the breakdown? Well, endorsement split dollar, it's an IRS compliant and bank regulatory friendly benefit that can be used to fund these SERPs, these supplemental executive retirement plans. And it allows the bank to set up a selective arrangement where you, you pick a group or an individual uh, to to, 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 to cover and to fund a benefit. Uh, and it, it has a built-in vesting schedule in it. All right. Um, how does it work? Well, the bank will select the group or the individual they want to cover. They will typically establish a funding level uh, or a benefit amount. More often, it's a funding level that they want to fund. We typically fund these arrangements over 10 years, and it ends up providing initially a tax-free life insurance death benefit for the executive's family. Uh, The cash values that accrue initially uh, are owned by the bank and uh, represent a, a cost recovery mechanism to them. Uh, after 10 years, all the equity buildup in these contracts accrues to the benefit of the executive, and when he goes to retire, the bank has paid back those dollars they put in the first 10 years, but all the equity buildup accrues to the executive. And the only cost of the executive in the first early years uh, the death benefit is deemed to be an ec- there's an economic benefit to that death benefit under the IRS regulations. It's minor, and he, he's charged a, a small reportable income number, and he pays the tax on that. It's 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 minuscule typically. Uh, subsequently, after the ten years come by, additionally all that equity buildup, he has to pay, pick up some tax um, consequences on that buildup. But at retirement, he pays off the bank from the policy. He's accrued all this equity, and he can generate a significant tax-free retirement income stream. I mean, an example we'll put forward, we have an executive 45 years old, and uh, the bank funds $100,000 a year for 10 years. They're going to get back a million dollars at retirement. He's going to have enough after the fact to create maybe $150,000 of tax-free income for life. And there's a significant death benefit pre- and post-retirement to the executive's family. Uh, Pretty good deal. Yeah. And then... And he's vested, by the way, after 10 years. And it doesn't require any more funding from the bank. And then for the bank, they get essentially anything that they put forward for on behalf. So that was, was that all of the results for the executive or are there any other results that we wanted to cover for the, for the executive? No, the executive's going to get a, you know, initial death benefit of vesting. He's vested after 10 years. He gets all the equity after 10 years and at retirement, the bank gets paid back and uh, he walks away with a, an unencumbered policy with a big retirement stream. And that's, to it. if that's someone coming in, 
or if that's someone that you're recruiting or someone that you have your eye on, but you don't have some of the stock options or other things in place to recruit them, or also someone that has worked with you for a, a while and you want to maintain a good relationship you want to keep, and, yeah. and keep I mean, them. Yeah, this you know, and typically you know your stock options don't vest immediately either, so they they may not take ten years. I'm not uh, as familiar with how stock options work because I don't deal with them, mm. but uh, you know. There's there's time that has to pass before you, you you're vested. Well, you're vested here in ten years, and uh, 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 it's it, it's a you know it's not a you have to wait till retirement to get it. I mean, there are other uh, supplemental retirement plans where there is no vesting, or if you're not there at the day you retire, you don't get anything. Zero, not on. You got to hang on until yeah. the end. Yeah, the you know uh, non-qualified deferred compensation is what it's referred to. Well, there are a lot of those plans out there as well on top of stock options, but there's no vesting. There's no guarantee. Here, you're there ten years, you got it. And frankly, you know, uh, uh, I, I've I've had a number of plans where uh, at some point in time the bank will say, you know, we're not we're not going to ask for that money back. So, uh, which which makes it even richer. If, if the guy's done a good job, so uh, these are not complicated plans. They're permissible. They're bank regulatory friendly. They provide a real benefit to the executive and his family. There's a vesting and uh, very favorable tax treatment all the way through and at retirement, and the bank uh, gets their money back. And so uh, it's a it's a benefit unlike other benefits, typically where it's an expense and they don't get their money back. And what we we talked a little bit about what would be the best time, you know, the sooner the better. But who are we talking about when we look at the age bracket of these executives? Well, 40 to 50 is the sweet spot here. Uh, the example that we're going to put up here, you know, as we move forward, is a age 45 bank executive. But uh, 40 to 50 is the sweet spot. Uh, I just was on an appointment this morning and Talking to a bank executive, he's 42 years old. The numbers, the numbers literally rock. And uh, the president, who's 67, said, "Mark, where were you 20 years ago?" <laughs> but he's now he's done very well. The banks treated him. They've done other things for him, bonuses and so on. But you know, he, they want to keep this guy. He, he's he's getting calls all the time to to go someplace else, and this bank does not want this guy to leave. Yeah. And uh, so we're, you know, they're, they're, everybody was pretty excited this morning. Now we just got to get the board to sign on, and that's part of what I do. Yeah, so and then that, that's a good transition for the results for the bank. Beyond all the results for the executive, what, what are some of the key results that the bank gets other than, obviously, the incentive tool? Well, you know, they've, got, they've, they've, they've kept a key executive. Uh, they're they're going to get their costs back, and frankly, as a, as the cash accrues initially in the con- insurance contract, they're booking that as an asset, and uh, you know they they on a very simple basis without a lot of you know government interference or mm-hmm. uh, complicated uh, uh, compliance issues, they they they've they've taken care of a big problem. Right. Uh, so it, it 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 works well for both parties, and you know the the real key is finding the situation where somebody needs something like this to happen, and try to help them go through a process. And what, 
talk a little bit about what that first step would look like for a viewer, because whether they're an executive that might think this is a good idea to bring bring up and, and mention because it could be an option for them or if someone's listening that that maybe you know having someone as a as a, a talented piece that's getting these calls what would be a good first step because it seems intimidating <laughs> a little bit well you know the first step is call me mm-hmm. okay right uh, let's sit down and talk let's establish the ground rules between each you know them and us uh, understand the problem okay? And then let's get some information and start putting uh, numbers together, which is what I did this morning. We uh, we did that with the uh, uh, president and the CFO. By the way, in this case, the CFO called me. He knew what we did, and he called me. And uh, uh, then I met with him, and then I met with the uh, president. Then we all met together and put a package together, it's went over some numbers, and they've given me some direction on you know, how to present this to the board. Uh, and uh, I will help them do that. And if we can get them to sign off, we're on our way. Awesome. Awesome. Is there anything else that you wanted to make sure that we covered today? Uh, good question. I, you know, I think we've covered it. But, I, I uh, you know, uh, the meeting I just left, what really impressed me was the fact that the, the president, who's getting ready to retire, understands the problem the bank has. Uh, the CFO obviously loves the benefit. All right? And he's going to be taking over. And the board, well, you know, they're kind of on the outside looking in, but they've got to approve this. And I told the president, I said, well, we're not going to drill down to the detail we went into today. I really, we really went down the rabbit hole in some detail so they understand how everything ties together. And we're still dealing with, you know, what's the problem? What's your problem? What's the executive's problem? And keep in mind, one of the problems executives have in addition to the recruiting and retention and, you know, providing a benefit is they can only, they're not going to get big retirement benefits out of the 401k plan. They're discriminated against. And this helps solve that problem for them. So, you know, here's your problem. It solves the bank's problem. Here's the executive's problem. It solves his problem. And uh, uh, the bank makes out as well because they're going to get their money back. Uh, so everybody wins here. And that's what we're going to focus on. And, and it's, it's compliant. It's bank regulatory friendly. Uh, that's the message I deliver to the board. And then they make their decision. And then we handhold them to get everything done. And then, you know, the devil's always in the details, getting, getting the insurance coverage, getting documents, uh, agreements put in place, uh, making sure uh, you've got your, your administrative systems set up to handle it. That's what we help them with. What would be something, let's say hypothetically someone on that board is a skeptic or a pessimist in, in looking at this plan, what would be something that you could see somebody not wanting to move forward or maybe a pitfall that would get in the way or what would be a reason why not to move forward with something like this? Because obviously it sounds all all perfect, but what could you see being a pitfall potentially? Well, the comment came up this morning that you know ninety percent of the board. And I guess there's nine members on this board. Ninety percent of the board members are going to buy it. One may not, or there may be some skepticism. The issue is depending, and especially in community banks, it's also true with credit unions. 
typically the people on these boards are not making, you know, six-figure income numbers. And, you know, typically we're showing six-figure retirement numbers. So they're not used to these numbers. So, you know, uh, there may be some jealousy there or they, they're just they're just living – it's a different paradigm for them. Mm-hmm. And that's legitimate. That's a legitimate, you know, pushback. And, and I told the president this morning, you know, John, I said, I, I, I get that and I prepare for that. And that's why you've got to focus on, you know, here's where we are today. These all these people are making six figure incomes now, and this fellow's forty early forties. When you project what it's going to look like in twenty five years relative to his income in twenty five years, just with modest increases, the numbers get huge. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this case, we were actually trying to target a, a few a, a number retirement number relative to that future number, we're just trying to get them 60 70% of what that future number is going to be, mm-hmm. which is what all the staff people are going to end up with, but he's not. Right. It's a big number. But I said, you know, uh, this is what you got to do if you want to keep this guy. And besides, they're going to get their money back. And this is the way, you know, so it, it, you, you, this is the problem you've got to solve. And he would like some help with his retirement benefits because your typical plan, your standard plan is not going to get him there. So if you want to help him, you want to help the credit union, here's how everybody wins, and the credit union does not lose. That's what I hammer on when I when I talk to the board. And, you know, I may get into some technical questions with them. I give them a lot of backup information. But, you know, uh, you gotta, you've got to – by the way, 90% of the credit union board members, he said, is going to get it. So I just focus on three things. I said, your problem, their problem, this is the solution. And we'll make it happen and get it done properly. And that's really how you have to approach this because, you know, I'm not here to tell people how smart we are, what a great insurance company we're using, Mm -hmm. or product, or what this is the greatest, you know, you got to focus on their situation. The solution. Yeah. Do you find that, hearing that, do you find somewhat um, of a generational pass down almost economically right now between people like that situation where there may be someone handing off and moving into the next stage of retirement. Do you find yourself valuable in that sense where you're sort of bringing everyone to the table? Well, you know, this is a, this, this is kind of a come to Jesus moment because you have a huge generational shift in banks and credit unions. Older people, especially in community banks and in credit unions, and they don't like to talk in the same <laughs> breath, but the reality is the same. An older gentleman done very well. They got a great business model. A younger guy knows how to manage it, and there aren't a lot of guys out there. There's 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 more there's more succession opportunities than there are seats. To people there are more seats to fill mm-hmm. than there are people to fill them. Right. So there's a no. There's a there's a lot of uh, job openings, but there aren't that many people that can do the job. Right. So these are the kinds of things that reta- attract and keep those people. And if you're serious as a board member about the future of this bank, that's the issue. This is the solution. I think that's a I think that's a good place to wrap for today, and I think that's a great topic to come back to in in a couple of future episodes. That generational come to Jesus moment. I think that's that's a good representation of, of what 
what how much value you can bring to an organization when you've got different generations and some of the trust with some of the board and potential you being in the having been in the trenches i feel that that's something that could provide a lot of value to people when making those types of big decisions it's not our first rodeo (laughs) (laughs) that's true And that's 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 great. Um, thanks, Mark. Great episode. I look forward to the next one. Uh, viewers, thank you again for listening. Be sure to tell someone. Uh, you can listen in the car or check us out on on the video. Great suit today, Mark. Well, it's our summer our summer garb. And by the way, Fourth uh, uh, of July is coming up uh, this weekend. Uh, uh, be sure to put your flag out and God bless America. All right. Thank you, folks. <laughs> <laughs>